Hi everyone, Dave here. This episode's late. And I know that'll come as no surprise to any of you, because our episodes are always late, but this one's really late, and so I wanted to explain why, in case it seemed a bit weird when the things we were talking about don't seem to match up with any kind of timeline that we're living in at the moment. The day after Steve and I finished recording, a really dear friend of the Gorkodger family died, and so that threw the ensuing few weeks uh, into a little bit of chaos. And so it's taken until now for me to get around to coming back to this, putting it all together, and bringing it back to you. So I'm sorry. Uh, Steve and I will be having a chat pretty shortly, and uh, I promise it will come up less than a month after we record it. So I hope that you are all having a wonderful end to the year. Stay safe, and we will speak to you soon. Stephen. Hello, David. How are you? Oh, I'm just overwhelmed with feelings and remembering things that we need to talk about. And uh, Christmas is five weeks away. My birthday's four weeks away. That's all pretty full on. It's, uh... Yes. And I have a lot to do in the next two. <laughs> you you want to hear something funny? Sure. So... I just looked at the, the episode number of, of this, that's number 31. Yes. And I was thinking to myself, oh, wow, we've been going for, you know, close to a year. <laughs> and then I realised, oh, no, we've been going close to two years. Which <laughs> <laughs> is not very frequent. We really are the occasional <laughs> podcasters, aren't we? We are. We're sort of like those friends who just drop in unannounced from time to time. <laughs> And remembering the first episodes, we tried to make it like it wasn't a podcast. It was just two friends talking, and people were eavesdropping, and now we've become self-aware. Yeah, well, look, it's... Well, the thing is, now people are actually talking about the fact that the show exists, so it's kind of, it's hard to pretend anymore. I know, it's, that is a strange world, let me tell you that right now. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, so, lots of anticipation, obviously, in, mm. in, in your household at the moment. Oh, well, you know, we had the final, pri- our final ever primary awards night last night, mm-hmm. which was good. And uh, Little Miss Eleven picked up a high, a gold, what do they call it? High Academic Achievement Award, something like that. She got a medal. A gold star. Yeah. And uh, performed with the band. She played drums, uh, played drums to her Y50, actually, which was very much a junior band arrangement, but she did a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, and thankfully, that is the last primary awards <laughs> night I think I'll ever have to go to. Until someone says, you know, Steve, we should change your role a little bit to get you... Give it an early start with your outreach to the youth. Maybe you should go and, like, <laughs> hang out in some primary school awards nights so you can oh, get see, to... They're, they're different situations. If you come as an invited guest, then it's a whole other hill of beans because then you have to smile and you have to pretend that you mm. want to be there. And you probably even have to wear a tie or something like that. Yep, got to sit up the front so no one can mm. see you checking your phone. No, <laughs> that would be... Anyway, <laughs> yes. Mm. Oh, well, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. So that that's all happening. And of course, like your kids would be feeling it. It's you know a couple of weeks till the end of school. Um, I think it's technically two weeks for my kids tomorrow. Um, it can't be that little. I mean... We know that you Queenslanders don't value education very much, but surely it's more than two weeks. 
Um, Come on. No, nah. I'm pretty sure that's it. Oh, wow. No, I think ours... Yeah, no, definitely. One, two. Two weeks tomorrow for us. And the state schools go for a week and a half longer. Oh, okay. Right. Sorry. For, uh, yeah, well, yeah. So, so, so normal, normal families have got another, another three weeks. Yeah, 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 that's right. Normal, normal <laughs> families. Uh, ones that don't pay for their school in an um, exclusive manner. Not that they get an exclusive school, but you know what I mean. I know what you mean. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, so there's that kind of anticipation. There's um, me knowing that I've I've got a lot to do in the next two weeks, and once I get through it, I'm trying to show that I'm busy by just locking in a whole bunch of end-of-year coffees and catch-ups with people, mm-hmm. um, uh, which will be great. If I get to that, I'm in my utopia, just going and sitting down and having a chat with people. Outrageous. That will get me through to the end of the year. And then I've got five weeks off with a camp in the middle of it. And then I'm back to work uh, day after Australia Day. Hmm. That sounds like a pretty solid plan. Yeah. Very, very much looking forward to all of this. Hmm. Uh, very, very good. Oh, and birthday. Birthday's always important. Oh, yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> I sent Michelle. She wanted some birthday ideas. So I sent her a list and I said, look, other than, you know, like these co lollies, like licorice all sorts or whatever, um, everything else was Lego. <laughs> but the problem is it's not like cheap little sets of lego it's no, no. like you know the voltron robot well, um, have you seen that there's a new um james bond aston martin with built-in ejector seat i did though i'm not that attached to that mm-hmm. like i appreciate the people like the car models like i got at the um nine up fronts the vw beetle mm-hmm. with the surfboard on the roof that was fun fun build but that's not what i'm into i'm into uh particularly your harry potter your Lord of the Rings, your Star Wars kind of Lego, mm. or your special things like, for example, um, uh, the Voltron robot that breaks up into four. So the four lions exist, and then they fold up and make the robot mm-hmm. without having to pull them apart. It's brilliant. That's pretty um, clever. The Ghostbusters firehouse to go with my Ghostbusters car. Um, yeah, the Hogwarts castle. Um, there's a new Escape from Bespin or Betrayal at Bespin set for Star Wars Lego, which is like this kind of um, laid out, you know, top third of a sphere um, with all these little different scenes, vignettes from The Empire Strikes Back where, you know, of course, Luke meets Darth Vader and fights him for the first time and Han gets frozen in carbonite and we see Boba Fett and all that sort of stuff. Um, these that are cracking sets, good. Dave. Not one of them is below, I think, $350. <laughs> So I am not getting any of that Lego for Christmas and, or my birthday. And then you have to figure out where you're going to put it. Oh, no, no, no. no. That's, that's like not even a problem. I will find a place. Oh. The Hogwarts castle could be challenging. And mm. I still hold out a hope that some gracious benefactor will go, here is $1,300, Malk. Buy yourself the Millennium Falcon uh, Ultimate Collector Series. But I can see that that's not going to happen. Oh, look, even if I could... By that, it, that would cause so much uh, angst in this household. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, there would be a lot of conflict if I bought that home for myself. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, yeah. But no, no, because no, no. someone I, else wants it? or because, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Rach would probably tell me to go and buy it. But then I would have to sit there and just be looking across the table nonstop at Rupert, just like staring daggers at me. 
All you need to say to Rupert is when you get old enough and you have your own job that pays for your own toys, you can do whatever you want. Mm. Yes, yes. Because <laughs> that's all uh, it is, right? It's just oh, Lego yeah. going, we know that there are men like Mulk and Dave that will go and spend lots and lots of money on Lego if they're ever allowed. Oh, oh undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. Oh, so, okay. First things first. Yes. I haven't got the list with me, but... TV. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not fixed yet. Oh, Dave, are you serious? But... You're still living in Ghostland. But... But on the upside, uh, we did get a call from the repair guy the other day telling us that um, that the manufacturer are going to sell and a brand new panel out to replace it. So oh, hooray! So <laughs> despite the uh, you know a few little bumps, the buy buy the old model that you actually want has looks like it will actually work out again this time. That's good. Just, just with a few weeks of like. Oh, but have they said how long it's going to take? Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, it's supposed to be this week. That that that's what I'm hearing. So <laughs> hopefully, when we catch up before Christmas, I will be able to be watching my TV without any dramas. And although it has occurred to me that you know, some of my uh, favourite TV viewing, like um, uh, the Charlie Brown Christmas special and uh, uh, John- <laughs> have you watched any of Johnny Cash's Christmas specials? I have not. They are something else, let me tell you. Really? But, Why is uh, that? Oh, just, I, I, I find it hard to believe that television ever was like this. It just... <laughs> <laughs> Meaning? Like, well, it, well, it, well th- there's a whole bunch of things. Like, one, Johnny Cash, obviously... So, the Johnny Cash Christmas specials, I think, are from around about 75 to 77. So Sure. Clearly not something I saw in the first run. Uh, you, they're all out there on YouTube, though. Um, so at this time, obviously, he's pretty, um, you know, pretty big. And mm-hmm. so just the the breadth of other um, singers, because you know he gets people on, and they have a bit of a sing along, and they have a yeah, bit of a chat, yeah. and and and, like, and that's it. Like, there's not much more to it. Yeah. Um, and it, it's not exclusively Christmas songs either. Um, uh. But, uh, yeah, it just the, just the pace of it, just everything about it just is so weird. And and the only thing that makes the Johnny Cash Christmas specials make sense in my mind is yes. knowing that the Star Wars holiday special exists. Because <laughs> once you know that that got made, anything else as event television you just get sure. Why not? <laughs> you yeah. yeah. At, at, at least the, the Johnny Cash, Cash uh, one doesn't have B. Arthur in translucent clothing singing a weird song. You know, yeah, so the whole thing is weird. Yeah. There's no ifs and buts about it. The only good thing is Boba Fett the cartoon, but even then, <laughs> yeah. But see, so I'm, I'm thinking. But back to my, my problem though, I, I have a feeling that um, the Charlie Brown Christmas special is probably not going to look that great in 4K. <laughs> Just, it's just a hunch that I have. <laughs> um, well, this is the problem. Babe. Anything that's nostalgic, mm. um, you're just in a bad place. Oh, in fact, yeah. anything basically pre-2010 is going to be SD. Mm. Yep. It's, yeah, it's... How's that investment working out for you? Which, which oh, well, <laughs> I just watch more Netflix. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who needs nostalgia? Who needs a Blah. sense of history? Well, and, and look, everything that's good's coming out 
on four um, K Blu rays now anyway. Like you mm-hmm. know, it it just means I'll have to buy Jaws for the fourth time and uh, <laughs> all that sort of thing. I've totally converted to to streaming online media and just acknowledging that I'll have to subscribe to things for the rest of my life. That's it. Yeah. Well. Yeah, we we buy a lot of our stuff through the iTunes store for, but just because uh, there's just no no, room but for iTunes is discs. a catch, right? Because if the publisher pulls the item from I the know. iTunes store, guess what? Yeah, I, you are done. I know, but uh, but that's that's less of a problem than getting halfway through a series that you're watching on Netflix, only for that to go, oh, it's gone, and and then you've got no idea where you're going to find it again. <laughs> like, that's, that's even worse. So, yeah, and the other nice thing is that um, uh, I think recently uh, iTunes were like upgrading stuff from that was where they could get 4K for either nothing in some instances or very very reasonable mm. prices in others. So, you know, I'm just yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, the, it, it, plastic disc smog. They just. They take up so much space. They do so much space compared to VCR cassettes. <laughs> well, yeah, but see, no one had a library of, of, of VCR cassettes. Like, like you, <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> oh, come you are on. kidding yourself. No, look, no, nowhere near at the scale of, of an average DVD or uh, or Blu-ray collection. Not even DVDs, close. Blu-rays do make it heaps easier to collect them, right? Yeah, and and the cost, Malt, the cost. Mm. Like, I, I I remember buying... So, re- remember when the, the Star Wars Special Editions came out? I do very clearly remember them. And they re <laughs> Fuck. And then, anyway, they re-released um, all of the... They, they put out two sets on, um, on VHS. Mm. And there was the a... The originals... Yeah, which were in, which were in silver packaging, unedited. Yes, and then there was then there was the special editions, which were in gold packaging. Um, and because I'm not a monster, I bought the silver one. Yes, um, and and I and I bought them from like somewhere that was would have been a discount county type place. And I reckon I paid ninety eight bucks or something for those yeah, three VHS. Yeah, amount of money, right? But no, but that was yes, but that was cheap. Like early eighties. Every movie cost you like 120 bucks at the start, yeah, especially if you had a Betamax. Hello. Well, okay, but now we're getting into the time when, you know, like your video stores, that's why they came into being, mm. you know, because you would pay your, you know, five bucks or two bucks or whatever it was or blah, blah, blah to get a new release and done. <laughs> you didn't pay two bucks, mate. The new release. Or whatever it was. I'm just throwing, like, like I can't remember. <laughs> Do you remember paying? You had you used to have, you used to, have to pay a membership fee to be a member of the video I don't library. Know how ludicrous was that? Isn't it incredible to think that this is a uh, as late a, as into the nineties you had to do that? Oh, but this is a business model, right? Like, and I know it's not dead quite yet. Well, it's pretty bloody close. But on mass scale, this is a business that mm-hmm. uh, came into being, and then. <laughs> disappeared within our lifetimes. I know. Doesn't that strike you as really weird? Um, I hadn't really pondered it like as clearly as you have, Dave. Um, but now that you mention it, I have to say it's something that strikes me as certainly unique to our generation and reflective of the way that technology is marching marching on. I mean, I mean it, it, plenty of generations before us 
have gone through massive technological change. Yes. Right? Absolutely. Uh, but And through that, there would have been you know, plenty of businesses and, and, and things that were extinguished. However, I, 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 this might be a lack of my imagination, but I can't think of too many uh, examples of where, uh, you know, as you say, a new technology was spawned mm-hmm. and then killed out within a single generation. Oh, well, you like, could say the same about black and white television. I mean, it's only a medium I appreciate. Um, however, given that my parents saw the advent of TV in their lifetimes, as far as it becoming a home consumer item, mm-hmm. uh, they, depending on how long they hang around, they may yet see the end of television. Nah, TV's not going away, though. Like, like bro- broadcast television is not going away anytime soon. I, I keep saying that, David, and I keep seeing things that make me go, actually, Mark, you might need to think about that. The, the, the catch is... Oh, I'm not saying that it shouldn't go away. I'm just <laughs> saying that it won't. The catch is that there's ju- it's just the expense of making it and the trade-off that we're used to having, which is, okay, Dave, you're going to sit down and watch, I don't know, Bride and Prejudice on Channel 7. I know you're not, but go with me on this. And as a part that, of that, the payoff... That a, oh, that's a real show. Yeah, it is a real show. <laughs> um, as a part of the payoff of you watching this show, we're going to stop this show four or five or six times during the hour and play you three to eight minutes of ads. Okay, so that's how we get our money back because you're watching it. The problem is that the value of those ad breaks are nowhere near what they used to be Mm. because ratings are declining, because people are watching TV in different ways in matters that suit themselves rather than in other ways. Um, So consequently, the idea of ad breaks are definitely becoming the way of the dodo. And we're seeing that more and more as what they call integrations take place, which is the inclusion of content uh, that used to be known as product placement, but now it's meant to be more seamless and a part of the narrative for the show. Now, we haven't quite got there with um, drama. We did have, a, I think it was a time during the 80s and 90s where there was a lot of fun, and particularly movies today still do it a little bit, um, depending if you were funded by the Chinese government or not. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But... From from a free-to-air television point of view, at least in Australia, there's... I mean, apart from reality TV, there's not the call for it. There's certainly not the market for it. Mm. So this is why we are getting sport and news and reality out the wazoo from 7, 9, and 10 is because that's how they can make their cash. Oh, absolutely. Because, and they have to pay way more than is probably even reasonable Mm. for the sport rights. Yeah, that, that that will be really really fascinating. I mean, I, I mean, I'm already well, I'm already paying for you know, streaming subscriptions for my favourite sport, mm-hmm. um, and you know, Telstra's got this you know, major Australian uh, winter sports at least locked up uh, to use as content for just a reason to be on their uh, data networks, mm-hmm. um, which is yeah, it's interesting, but yeah, I don't know, but I. I well, think... we are willing to put up with ads in our free-to-air sport, mm. free-to-air television, free-to-air commercial television will not die. Yeah, that, that's it. And look, I think while ever uh, there's even the remotest um, desire um, from our political class to keep something like the ABC around, that's also going to just tick along for well, the know, ABC, a lot longer. That's right. A lot longer than perhaps um, viable commercial channels will. So yeah, I, I, it... 
I think, and I think it should I think operate it's... independently and, and function separately to all of that sort of stuff so that it's not under that pressure yeah. because it has proven time and time and time again just how important it is and how good a job it does mm. uh, compared to, say, our commercial free-to-wear um, friends. Yeah, that but said, I, but Dave... I, I, I think, yeah... Like I, I still don't know that that's, that that quite hits as squarely as the video, like the video rental store. I mean, like that, it's just. Uh, I, don't. I take it. I, I like. I yeah. totally hear. You. I'm not. I'm not knocking you down. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, could I'm we? Just, oh, could I'm we just, say I'm, sorry, telephones? No, they were. No, no, no. We're talking. Oh, eight, but when eight. did they become like a, a necessary home device? In the like that, everybody have them. Well, Mr. Banks had one in Mary Poppins. Yeah, but he wasn't exactly yeah every man, was he? Well, no, but 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 it's not like telephones disappeared. Like we still have telephones; they're just different. Yeah, yes, we are rapidly the decline of the landline. But but I was going to say there's another one that can go on the list. Um, it's like dedicated uh, car stereo franchises. <laughs> Like wow. the Strathfields and those kinds of yeah, places. Yeah, didn't <laughs> like they were they were like Boomtown in the uh, in the nineties. Um, but, but that's because places like JB and stuff have taken over. They can supply you your amp and your speakers and your all of your woof woofs. But they can uh, make you feel special. But not just that. Like hardly anyone's buying them. Like oh uh, yeah, it is it is way less of a uh, I guess a competitive market compared to what it used to be, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Because it, for one thing, the in-car audio in most new cars has improved a lot over mm. the decades. But not just that, even ones where it's not great, uh, the integration with all of that stuff into a car these days means it's much, much harder mm. to, to to just drop in a third-party radio. Like my, my, my little uh, beloved Subaru Coupe um, <laughs> with its AM radio, <laughs> um, all I had to do to improve that was pull out four screws, uh, slide the radio out and put a new one in. And of course, you know, single din radio, everything fits perfectly. It looks you know, like it's supposed to in the dash, which is you know, what standards are there for. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, put a few new speakers in, easy as. But, you know, in any of your more modern cars uh, where the stereos are more integrated or whether they're mm-hmm. now part of the climate control or... Yep. They have the parking sensors and all yeah, that sort of stuff. It's just not a thing. You can't just rip that out and slap something else in unless you're prepared to lose a bunch of functionality from your vehicle, which you know, you've got to be a pretty dedicated car modder at that point to be going down that path. Or you're, um, you know, you're doing up something old enough where it doesn't matter. And you know, that's, that's never going to be an enormous market ever again. Oh, and, and linked to the change change in how we have our phones connected to us all the time, right? Mm. Um, those ones that have the integrated system provide you with both their, you know, uh, their own kind of process, whatever it is, but more and more of them are now providing, you know, the Android or CarPlay connections. So you just plug your phone in and it just runs off your phone. Yeah. It's a much better world than we used, than we grew up in, Steve. Way better. Sure. <laughs> Instead of leaving cassettes in my car accidentally on the dash and going, well, that's the end of that. Oh, yep. Or oh, even CDs. Oh, God. Oh, CDs, man, yeah. CDs, in, CDs in cars were really the stupidest Glove thing ever, Glove boxes full of CDs, mate. Yep, yep. And, uh, <laughs> and, and how much extra you'd have to play for a CD player. 
that had like more buffer memory so that the CD yep. wouldn't skip incessantly every time you drove around a pothole-filled road in country New South Wales. Yes. Oh, I, I, there is, that said, there is nothing like the, you know, the, the, the glorious and um, resonating clunk of a cassette into a cassette player. In like you know, the the it takes you back to your first car, and that sound and the feel, and then your favourite song comes on, and it's just that's it, that's the moment. It was good. It was, but I got to tell you, uh, as a spoiled I'm so old, old person, I'm, I'm actually pretty content with just being able to zip up a Spotify playlist as I zip down the mm. through through the through the hills in the car, mate. It uh, mm. it, it 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 does it for me. Totally understand that. Mm, yeah. I don't know. I, honestly, I mean, we've had our car now for just over 12 months. And it, because it had no external... Like, it has a, a place for you to plug in a thing, but there's no CD, no cassette, no blah, blah, blah. So we had to go with some kind of streaming option. So I just went, oh, look, we're already far enough down the Apple path. Let's get Apple Music. Um, and now I just go, I don't know how we managed without it before. Mm. But as long as... As long as I want to have that music available to me, it is going to cost me 18 bucks a month until they put it up. See, uh, see, uh, we, we had Apple Music, but mm. I, I, he, here's what did it in for me, Stephen. My kids, yep. I don't think they have very good taste. That's where you get a family account. Oh, do they have that now? See, they didn't have that when they started. So that's no, no, why no, I, got... I know. I went to Spotify but... to get a family account to stop, <laughs> like, my bloody, stop my playlists being polluted with crap that my children had been listening to. Okay, this is Mulk's 101 in the Apple ecosystem. If you have Apple devices and your children and partner have Apple devices and you're not on family sharing, set it up. It's free. It's the best thing ever. Yeah, we've, I, I started doing that the other day just so that, that uh, everyone could start sharing the um, apps. I, iCloud. Well, no, we'll add apps, iCloud data. iCloud data. Well, apps we do anyway. We just put my iCloud account in for the App Store and then have individual ones. Well, for this saves iCloud. you having to do that. In fact, with that, with family sharing, uh, Rup and Cal can ask for apps, and depending if you want to be this kind of ogreish or not, you can say whether or not they can have them. I'm feeling pretty ogreish tonight, Stephen. <laughs> Fair. Oh. I spent more time than I really was planning to tonight uh, arguing with a teenager. Oh, oh boy. Hey, brother. Mm. Which one came at you and why? Oh, uh, <laughs> it was the debate about whether or not someone should receive tutoring for a school uh, subject that they're struggling with a little bit. Right. And, of course, my, my suggestion is, yes, we should do the that. The answer is yes. <laughs> and uh, you would think that I had committed war crimes the way <laughs> that I was being treated at the, at that suggestion. So I, I, I of course, did the, the rational thing, Steve, and <laughs> said, okay, I'll give you an option. <laughs> because, as we both know, Steve, the best thing to do in these situations is just escalate it. So yeah, I, oh, for sure. So That's I gave, the best way to smash it up. So I gave the option of, hey, I tell you what, you can either go to, like, get a tutor... Or you can have no access to consumer electronics until you leave high school. Wow. <laughs> you know. I can't imagine how that hyperbole went down. It's like, look, I'm giving you a choice. I'm not saying it's a good one. Gosh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm, anyway. So that was a, 
that, that, that was a bit frustrating, Stephen. I was not. I was. I was, I was all you know, happy and smiley because I was. You know, I was getting ready to talk to you. Yeah. Had a great. Had a great weekend. I'm thinking, yeah, it's just you know, bouncing up, and then, and then just you know, life oh. just like slapped me. The demon from the deep. <sighs> anyway, you get that. You do, mate, and and we've had our share of toe to toes. Though I try, I try and stay out of them generally, um, but I have been either suckered into, or if I particularly if I've had not a whole bunch of sleep and I'm feeling fatigued, then uh, my fuse is short and it really needs to not be. Um, I mean, I'm aware of it, and I apologise afterwards, uh, and we work it out. But yeah, when I when Mog gets angry, oh, the irrational it is hard and hard and quick. <laughs> Yeah, I hear you. It's because yeah, no. <laughs> Look, I, I haven't yet said the immortal words, but I know they're going to come out at some point. I pay the bills in this house. <laughs> oh dear, no, I haven't gone down that path. But um, see, when our kids were very small, mm-hmm. uh, we used this really, really great. Uh, parenting program called 123 Magic. Have you ever heard of this? Well, keep going. No, I okay. haven't in this context. All right. So, 123 Magic. I have in others, but it involved my wife. 123 <laughs> Magic it basically is a... It, it, it's sold as a discipline system, right? As a way to make sure. your kids behave. But really what it is, it's actually training parents to not be idiots and to de-escalate and stuff like that. And so, the crux of it is, you know... Is the old right one, two, three? Like you get to three, and it's right. You need to go and have a little bit of time out. And the reality is that that time out is not actually about punishing the child. It is about stopping you, the stupid parent, from yeah. escalating stuff and engaging in a manner that's completely unhelpful yep. when you're talking to a toddler yep. who clearly can't have a like a rational discussion with you about this anyway. Same rules apply with teenagers. Yep. Well, that's the thing. I, I'm wondering whether we need to just go back to one, two, three magic because it was great. It really worked well. Uh, but you feel like you know the, these kids—they're growing up. They have agency. Uh, you, you should show them a little bit more respect than saying mm. that's one, that's two, that's three. Go and sit in the hallway. Um, <laughs> so you know that stuff—it it ebbs away. But I don't know. Maybe you should bring it back. I don't know. But but the the best thing about it though is that. The training materials for this is basically like uh, a couple of hours of like video. Um, and when I say video, I'm, I'm uh, speaking in the VHS. <laughs> Great. A uh, few hours of, of video uh, uh, from a guy made in the US in yeah. probably the early 80s. And everything from the quality of the footage to the... Uh, the fashion of the people involved, Gosh. just the whole thing is hilariously Even the name bad. Of the course, Dave, one, two, three. Magic. Oh yeah, I mean, it is. On. It is hilariously bad, and yet, and yet, uh, it, it like if you actually do the the like follow the steps, it, it works like a dream. It's great. Like, yeah. uh, but again, it, it it's really clever that it's sold as a a, a thing about you know. 
disciplining children and really it is all just about pulling parents into line and and realizing that is what gets me even more frustrated when i escalate stuff with teenagers knowing that it's not like they're gonna back down because what have they got to lose <laughs> like they don't care uh and i should be smarter Stephen. but i i'm just not steve i'm just yeah. not smarter <laughs> oh yeah look the difficulty with teens right is is because at their best you can have reasonable conversations with them and and possibly learn things from them even. You know, they're pretty reasonable human beings. But thanks to, uh, like, hormones just doing mental backflips in them and, at uh, like, surging through them at a pace that we normal adults have either forgotten about, gotten over, or broadly have them under control, um, it does their head in. All sorts of common sense flies out the window, the world is against them for the easiest and simplest thing. Um, just there is very, like, there's very many parallels that we can line them up to toddlers. Except that toddlers, you can't have a conversation with. And the the best and worst part about teens is that when they fight with you, they know your weak spots, and they will target them. And, and also, some of them are. are taller than you so mm. you can't like take them to their room by force anymore no <laughs> that, that's not that you can't that's say not, you're that's going not, into your cot and that's it that's not helpful either <laughs> no and you're right that is not helpful Dave. oh boy anyway uh, so yeah so so I, I apologize if i'm a little on edge this evening Stephen. it's Mate, just there but for the grace of god go on my friend oh dear so um I was gonna say, let's talk about something like less frustrating. How are your parents? Oh, God. <laughs> um, how are my parents? Well, did I tell you we were having lunch with them? You did. You you told us that that was uh, that was on the cards. On, on the agenda, right? So they decided in their new state of being reasonably cashed up, and by reasonably I mean heaps. Um. <laughs> that they would have a little quick jaunt up to see, you know, yep. the family in Queensland that wanted to see them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so went up to my brother's for a week and had lunch with us um, <laughs> on their way to Toowoomba, which was about as much as we were pretty keen to see. Perfect. Um, and we didn't have it at our place because... That's clever. Um, yeah, let's just say Michelle's not keen on them coming in the house. Mm-hmm. Um so, well, we'll meet at a restaurant. So, Hog's Breath at Springfield. That was going to be a simple play. Send them the address. All good. Now, as a precursor to this, Dave, I learned um, that while they were with my brother and his wife, they updated their phone. Excellent. Now, right. I don't, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not a tech guru. When it comes to our family, I'm the one who has the most idea. Um, and they certainly rely on me for technical support. Uh, however, they seem to not want to listen to me when I offer them <laughs> technical advice. Mm. So, um, I learned that they bought, they got rid of their old, whatever it was, piece of crap phone yep. and entered the world of smartphones with a Samsung S9. Great. Lots well, of people have them. I wouldn't say it's great, but you know. Go, well, lots of people <laughs> have hey, them. Hey, look, look if, it, if it makes them happy. That's fine. You know, yeah, yeah. Well, this, look, is, this is a non-judgmental space. They have a camera the in their judgment. phone now, Dave. <laughs> it's only taken until the end of 2018 for that to happen. <laughs> um, 
And this connects into something else that I'm about to tell you as far as why they needed to or wanted to do it. Anyway, so they got that, and that's fine. And, like, only a couple of days before they came down heading back. So they have no idea how it works. Oh, good. Great. Now, I, I am I have had one Samsung phone in my life, and I very promptly arranged for it to be swapped for an iPhone, and uh, that was it. So I'm not your guy. I mean, I can work it out, but I'm not your guy to remotely support you on that thing. I uh, have no. no idea. I hear you. Um, so they were, you know, using the in-car nav system, which it turns out, because they... Oh, here's another skew. Um, a long-time family friend, a woman who actually used to live across the road from us when I was like a wee lad before I started school, um, in Dubbo. Smithy was her name. Well, that was what we knew her as. Um, she and her uh, partner... Their daughter looked after me and Bruce when mum needed to go out. My my, my dad had to go out. That kind of thing, right? They were just across the road. Mm -hmm. So they were lovely. Anyway, lifelong friends. Mum and dad have known her forever. Anyway, she sadly passed away a couple of years ago. uh, And she very generously gave mum and dad her Mercedes-Benz, you know, uh, two-rack tractor. Whatever it was. I couldn't even tell you. It was a short wheelbase thing. Sure. And they... Mate. Hey, I was just say, it sounds like your mum and dad are making like a pretty good stick D- of, of, being, of being around people who are about to pass away I don't and have got know how things to give away. I honestly don't know. Um, anyway. So, so we've got a car, we've got a house. Who do they know who has a boat? <laughs> My brother. Um, oh, jeez. He better update his life insurance. next. <laughs> I hope he's not. Um, <laughs> I was just going to say. Oh, dear. Anyway, um, so they, this whatever it is, Mercedes-Benz mm. car thing, and they were relying on its um, nav system to get them from where... Now, they've, they've driven from Bundaberg, Sunshine Coast to Brisbane many times. Dad doesn't need it, but he had it on anyway because he's, he's a bit of a tinkerer and he likes to suss that stuff out. And he said, it was weird. You know, I was driving along. It kept telling me to go over here or I was on the wrong road or those sorts of things. I went, Dad... When was the last time you had the maps updated in the system? And he went, what? <laughs> mm, yeah. And I went, okay, well, do you ever take it to a Mercedes-Benz dealer to get serviced? No. Nope. Right. So you'll need to do that to get the maps updated if they're indeed still updating them. Oh. I said, just as well you've got a GPS and maps and stuff in your phone. And he went, what? Uh, um, so we ha- it was all prepared, Dave. We were meeting them at 12.30, I think it was, at Hogsbreath at Springfield, and I booked for us and my mother-in-law and them, so that was seven, and then I hear, oh, you booked for ten, didn't you? I went, what? Um, My cousin, the only cousin I have on mum's side of the family, mum's invited her and her partner and their their small child, Um, which is lovely and stuff, and it's great that that's the thing. But I have nothing in common with them. I don't talk to them. Um, apart from the fact that she's my cousin and mum's niece. That's it. Nice. And mum's mum's really persistent about wanting to keep in touch with her because it is her brother's only daughter mm-hmm. and her only remaining family on her side. Um, so she's a bit, you know, kind of sticky to that. And I get it. But you don't need to include us in all of that, you know. Anyhow. 12.30, we're there. Um, my cousin and her partner and, and their daughter are there. Great. 
sort of tapping our foot. We'll order drinks. Then the phone rings. Hi. Um, yeah, hi, look, um, we're stuck in traffic. Uh, okay. Whereabouts are you? Oh, we're at such and such a place. You're an hour away. Oh, God. <laughs> and all, you should have seen Michelle's face, because all she heard me say was, you're an hour away. And she, yeah. <laughs> she was ready to pack up and go. Um, so, all right, well, you guys soldier on. There's nothing you can do about it. They said, oh, if we'd known there was this traffic, we would have left earlier. When did you leave? Oh, eight o'clock or something. It's like eight o'clock to get to Springfield for 12.30 on a Sunday. Now, while you can't pick for traffic, Bundaberg to Brisbane is more than four and a half hours. <laughs> anyway. So mm. we order our meals. Yep. We eat our meals. <laughs> One thirty. Oh, God. We get another phone call. Oh, no. Right. How you doing? Yeah. Oh, we've just passed this road. Oh, you really have been stuck. That's about 20 minutes away. Oh, boy. Now, we were hoping to be done by two. <laughs> they haven't even arrived yet. Oh. Every bit of table conversation that we could have with my cousin and her partner is done. Um, thankfully, her pre-prep daughter is entertaining at least one of my kids. Um, yeah. It's insane. <sighs> they do eventually arrive, Dave, at about two o'clock. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, Dad gets Mum out. She gets out of the car, gets in a wheelchair. Like, she's clearly not doing great. Um, but, you know, they're pretty buoyant. They're happy to see everyone, blah, blah, blah. Um, they come in. They order lunch. We're all just sitting around going, what's happening? Um... And when it becomes... Now, to be fair, Dave, I wasn't expecting them to pay for our lunch. Okay? That that was not a, an expectation. Mm-hmm. When it becomes clear that not even by way of apology they offered to pay for our lunch, we went and paid for our lunch um, uh, so that we could just up and go whenever we needed to. Yep. Unfortunately, my cousin and her partner and their daughter said, look, we've got to, about 20 past two. We've got to go. Oh, okay. Well, look, we're sorry we couldn't... You know, like, mum was sad legitimately that she couldn't spend more time with them. They had to go, which meant we had to stay. Um, So we stayed until nearly three (sighs) o'clock. We were the last people in there. Oh, no. Like, you know, they don't shut between lunch and dinner. But but obviously... It's not exactly a a happening joint, though, mid-afternoon. The floor staff use that to clean up and prep and, you know catch up on, you know, whatever kind of business work they need to do or menus or something, something. Um, so we had people hovering. Can we help? Do you want anything else? Blah, Can blah, you blah. just get out? Oh, Can one you of them was even... go? I think uh, Michelle had befriended one of the staff <laughs> and explained the situation. And he kept coming back and saying, look, is there anything I can do to help? Um, he was trying to, you know, get things sorted. And um, yeah, anyway... So we yeah, we saw them, they went, they were heading up to Toowoomba to see a friend and then out to Dolby later to see another friend and then home later in the week. They got home fine. Um, they, uh, I think they announced in the phone call previous to it that, that 
they're going to um, Malaysia to see my sister and her her husband and their kids um, for Christmas. Um, and they're leaving. Well, that's soon. a relief. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. But they're leaving soon, and they're gone for like four weeks. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Now, luckily, now my brother-in-law um, doesn't get on well. He tolerates nicely, but doesn't get on overly great with him. And they think he's a lousy layabout because he doesn't have a real job. Um, like he's got a job, but it's not a real job. Um, right. My sister is the one that earns the money for the family. Um, <laughs> they because they they live in a, I think it's a three bedroom apartment with their three kids, four kids. How many kids they have? Mm -hmm. There's no room for grandma and granddad to stay. So grandma and granddad said, look, we'll send you over some money. Um, Find us a a hotel nearby, like close by that we can stay at and blah, blah, blah. So that's been arranged. Um, And everything's sorted. They're going over there. And then mum announces to me, oh, so, you know, we booked our tickets. Didn't say with who, but we booked our tickets and done this. And it was only an extra thousand dollars to fly first class. I went, you have a good time, mum. Um. I, I tell you what, <laughs> Michelle just went, oh my God, what an embarrassment. I went, hang on, honey, we don't even know what airline they're flying on. She went, no, it's just a general international embarrassment. Um, <laughs> I know exactly, man, I pity the flight crew that are going to have to look after my mum particularly, because um, but and, and especially in first or business or whatever they're actually booked in. Because it'll just be, oh, it's free. Can I have another one? Can I take one for my... I've got four grandkids. Can I take four of them? It'll be all that stuff. Oh, no. Yeah, they will not know how to handle Cyclone Rosalie. Oh, um, boy. So they're going over and coming back just after Christmas and having a great time. So that's marvellous. I did get to have a conversation with them about um, their, their, their the receipt of their bequests and those mm-hmm. sorts of things. And I said, yep. so, you know, I, I just want to underline... I made... Pardon me, Dave. <clears throat> I made very clear that uh, myself and my brother and my two sisters do not need their money. You know, we are old enough and silly enough that if we were to contact them and say, oh, help, I'm in trouble, I really need, insert thousands of dollars number here, um, that they don't need to bail us out. You know, we're in this position and we've put ourselves in this position and that they shouldn't feel that they need to save us by giving us money. Um, whether they listened to me was a whole other thing, but I yeah, certainly that, laid it down that, and said that, that's that's always the uh, the the uh, trying factor, isn't it? Oh well, I wanted to make it clear that we just don't need huge amounts of money because, as it stands, Dave. Now I don't know what I, I guessed at last time when we talked about this, but uh, in the will, Dad did get the farm, mm-hmm. um, and they did get a sizable share portfolio that Edna inherited from her brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did get a bunch of cash that Edna just had in the bank, plus the value of her, um, you know, her room deposit at the uh, the nursing home. Yep, yep. Now, okay, so blah blah blah, and I figured that that some of that cash is how they paid for the flights and stuff. Um, and I was like, oh, you know, you know, do you have, out of interest, given the situation, you know, did you have much left? Oh. Well, the, the money that Edna had in her bank paid for all of the other disbursements. Because he said, you know, oh, there's money to this charity and that charity and those sorts of things, which is very lovely. Mm-hmm. And a couple other people got some money. Great. And I said, you know, are you going to have to sell anything to cover the disbursement? He said, no, no, all of that money, like we've paid for all of that and we have a, a, a very large chunk left in cash 
before we get to the deposit coming back from the nursing home, before we get to the $1 million share portfolio. So they're fine. <laughs> and then the farm. And then the farm. They're fine. Yeah, they are fine. They, they, uh, this is more money they have ever seen in their life, Dave. Uh, and if they fritter it away, that is absolutely their business, and I hope they have a great time doing it. Um, I did sit them down and say, right, you need to, A, talk to a, uh, your accountant and ask him about what the impact of all of this is going to be on your pension. <laughs> and Spoilers. And I, did underline, <laughs> I did underline that if it means that you can't get the pension, that's a good thing. That means that you have enough cash to be able to look after yourselves and that you don't need to minimize it or hide it away or invest it or do anything with it. Don't be talked into any of that. That is rubbish and bollocks and a crazy man's idea. You just enjoy life with what you have. Oh, but what if we... No, 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 no. You're not understanding me here. If you now have money that you don't need the pension, then that means that you're doing better than about 50% of people your age today. Probably even more than that. Oh, Oh, I hadn't thought of it like that. Oh, but we might have to sell the farm. What was it? You'll only need to sell the farm if A, you're not going to work it, or B, you're too old to work it. And I'm going to say, you're definitely B. Yep. So they, I'm trying to seed into them this idea that they need to sell the farm. No rush, but they need to sell the farm, which then gives them the anxiety of, well, where do we live? Fucking buy a house, Jesus. <laughs> um, and not in Gilgandra where I have to come down and clean it out and try and sell it for two bucks later. Gee. Oh, God. I did try and tell them that they need to move at least to Dubbo or at least the outskirts so that they're close by to a regional medical facility mm-hmm. uh, because this driving from Gilgandra to Dubbo two or three times a week is a joke. Yeah, that's not going to uh, last. And at like an hour and a half, two hour round trip they do not need. Mm. Um. The share portfolio was, oh, what do we do with this? And I said, well, look, you can either leave it there the way it is and let it accrue or decrue or die or win or however the stock market works. I'm not your guy to ask in that scenario. Um, But know that it is only as good as the amounts that the shares are worth on the day that you say, I want to cash them in. Like whether it tells you right now that it's worth a million bucks and then tomorrow it's worth five bucks, that's how the stock market works. It's a volatile business, though the shares that you have, by the sounds of it, are pretty reasonable and reasonably even-handed in the way that they uh, tend to grow in value rather than shrink. So that's awesome for them. Uh, And I said to him in the same way, look, if you need to sell some of them because you want to do something, then work out how you need to do that. Talk to your accountant again um, and help make that happen. Um, But I definitely... I ran home that they don't need to invest in some kind of crazy scheme to minimize their taxable income or give any of us any sort of money and blah, blah, blah. And then about five minutes later, um, they announced that my brother and his wife are going to be starting on their next round of IVF next year. And I went, oh God, (laughs) I know how that's being funded. (laughs) And you couldn't even get a fucking steak. They did. You're a good man, Stephen Mulk. They did. You're they a did. Very good man. Mum was a bit concerned <laughs> that what? What if we want to give you guys, you kids, money? I said we don't need your money. Yeah, but what if we want to give it to you? How will that affect a pension? That will only affect your pension if you're getting a pension. If you know, if you give us cash, otherwise, it's a gift. That's all it is. The tax man doesn't care about it. Um, you might have to pay some tax, you know, around how you earn money, and certainly with money sitting in shares. You'll have to pay tax on any income you earn from that. And then when you sell them, um, though given that you are, at the moment, pensioners, 
Um, that should be reasonably minimal. But who knows, man? Like, mm. I'm not the guy. Um, so it sounds like they want to give us some money. And as I said before, I'm still reticent at the sight or sound of them giving us any cash, whether it's five bucks, 5,000 or more. Um, because I just know there will be the thickest strings attached. And maybe not even at the time, maybe not even three or six months later, but at some point they will call that in. Oh, boy. So I love my parents desperately, and it is amazing that they have been given these incredible gifts to be able to... Because there's no way they could have been able to afford to fly over and see my sister and and her family. Mm -hmm. No chance on the money that they have. Um, So this gift from Edna that's allowed them to do this is incredible, let alone the farm, let alone the share portfolio, let alone everything else. Um, The problem is that now mum is too sick for them to up and just do any more traveling like they had been doing. Yep. Like, I'll be surprised, honestly. Uh, I, I said to him, have you got health insurance, medical insurance for the trip? Oh, what do we need that for? Well, what if he gets sick overseas? I mean, you guys are now probably in the position where you could afford to pay for it, but before but you yeah. certainly weren't. <laughs> yeah, newsflash, you don't get Medicare coverage while you are in no. <laughs> Malaysia. And and you might not get insurance, mum. Like, you're mm. that sick. Yeah. Or it may be so so expensive, whatever, but they may just refuse to insure you. And Michelle said, what if they don't let her on the plane? I said, well, that is up to um, the air hostesses and all the rest of it, but I can guarantee you she'll be putting her best smile and best face on that day uh, because she's going to see her sister, her Mm -hmm. daughter. It'll be Mm -hmm. phenomenal. So she won't be sick. No, that's it. She might get pushed up to the gate in a wheelchair, and that's reasonably, you know... That's not 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 uncommon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, look, 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 Steve... An hour and a half longer at Hogsbreath (laughs) waiting for them to arrive because they misjudged their time of arrival. And they just arrived and went, hi, sorry, it's so great to see you all. You do not understand. I mean, we were just lucky that our kids are 13 and 11 and polite and able to entertain themselves. Mm. You know, that's why my cousin and her partner and their daughter bailed 20 minutes later. Because they just went, this is our out, because our you know four-year-old daughter is it, just going to go mental. She has she's... eaten all of the food. And there are no more curly fries left. She's done. No. Mm. no, I hear you. Uh... And to boot, and this is the other thing, Like I get the, kind of this lecture at some point between telling them that I've booked and them arriving, that booking at Hogsbreath is, is pretty expensive. I don't know how your cousin and her partner are going to afford it. I went, hang on, um, What? And I just kind of let that go through to the keeper. Um, he didn't order anything. Right. And I, he said, oh, no, no, it's okay. I, I've been feeling unwell. And I don't want to risk it. Okay. Well, I'll take your word for that. Because we offered, you know, can we get you something, whatever. Uh, and she only <laughs> ordered, you know, my cousin only ordered like the 10 buck meal and they got the kids meal for their, their girl. So, I mean, we didn't splash out, but we could have bought him a meal, a burger or something. My, my parents didn't offer. <laughs> That's, it's, great, it's great to show that level of concern about how costly it is to go to Hogsbreath, but they're not actually doing anything to you know, mm. make it better. Oh, Steve. <laughs> oh, dear. All right. <clears throat> no, all right. We, we, need, we, need, we need to change tack, Steve, because... Well, I look forward to telling you at some point uh, <laughs> the blow-by-blow blow of how their trip was, because I know I'm going to get it. Oh, God. All right, no, we need, we need to change direction, Steve. We... we 
as much as I do love do love your parents, I think you need I think <laughs> no, you, you need the man. break. Yes, I do more than anything else. So I've got a story for you. Okay, hit me. I had a really really great weekend. Good. What'd you do? Well, Steve, it I, I reckon it's kind of like the sort of weekends that you have. So um, I, went, I went. I went. Rachel and I went on this uh, retreat. So we you know, we went away, and it was really cool. So um, a whole bunch of like-minded people there. Um, All right, we need just we pause very quickly. Knowing your current place is around your understanding of faith and stuff. Mm. When you say you and Rach went away mm. with a whole bunch of like-minded people, yep. I'm going to a very very dangerous place, Dave. <laughs> well, hang on. Just look. No. See, there was there was lots. Not of that hum- I'm judging. I just it's like this is not the mental picture I want to be developing. <laughs> there was there, look. There was there was lots of lots of hugging. Um, good. Lots of workshops. Interesting people. Mm. People from Did all you keep walks your pants of life. On, um, I got spanked by a dominatrix. Um, oh gosh. It was fantastic, Steve. This, well, did you go to sex camp, Dave? I did go to sex camp, Steve. Oh, God. It was awesome. What the hell is this? What the well, hell is this? Okay, well, it's, it's not. A, they, they actually don't call it sex camp properly. Or not they a, should. <laughs> I mean, from a marketing point alone. <laughs> well, well, I think they used to, but they, but they, they changed it. They, they, they now call it celebrating sexuality, which sounds a bit more grown up. I think. Yeah, um, less likely to have swingers turn up. Yes. Yeah. No. I'll, I'll just put that out there. It wasn't a swingers event, <laughs> not even remotely. Um, but no, it was. It was very, very cool. We went down. Yeah, look, it was. It was a like a a relationships retreat. But rather mm. than just being, um, you know, uh, like a couples counselling type thing, it was yeah. all about you know sexuality and stuff like that. Oh, and it the was sexy times. It was. Uh, and but Steve, the the hilarious thing though was was going into some of these workshops and Steve, you know, I'm a bit cynical. You, 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 Not you, Dave. Just a little bit. And, and so the thing is, there's, there's sort of these types of language that sometimes I find so eye rolly that my, uh, I, I worry that my retinas are going to detach, you know, <laughs> when people start talking about, um, connections, uh, yep, and energy, and discussing being in the space and the container mm. that we are creating together. And Be Steve, it, Dave. Uh, yes, and and Stephen, I've got to tell you, <laughs> you know what's really frustrating was that so, by the, uh, the end of all these workshops, I, I found myself having to admit that I could not think of any better. <laughs> Like way to communicate the stuff that they were communicating using these words that I absolutely love, <laughs> and so I was freely using them completely unironically. And you, you know the other thing that was really weird there, Steve. Like th- this is I think the thing that really caught me by surprise. Like mm. just the earnestness. This was a, a place completely free of irony. Oh, they were taking it very seriously because it's about sexuality and relationships and how we need to care for each other and, and communication we, and we, openness we can't and... just have silly boyhood giggles about no. any of the things that are brought up Dave, and there's, because there's these are none real of that. for many people absolutely and it's steve it was amazing but again i mean i i'm i'm generation x i mean i, I might be in the tail end of it but i'm still generation x god mm. damn it and you know Irony is all that we have, Steve. It's all that we have. It's all that we have because the boomers, like, they still won't give up their jobs. Like, we've got Best nothing. Best quotes. Cool. 
we got nothing. Yeah, uh, but I, we've got nothing but ironic detachment, and there was just not, an, there was just not a jot of it there, Steve. No, it was. It had to be earnest, Dave, because if it wasn't earnest, someone would say something inappropriate, and everyone would fall into a fit of giggles, and that well, would be I, the end of the weekend. Well, I think it's more a case of if it wasn't earnest, it would it, like it could go over into the the side of being weird. It's someone would be touching someone else's partner, and all of a sudden, someone else would be okay with it. Well, to be fair, like there was, well, actually, uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to think how to share it with you, Steve, because it's really important that I. I mean, I can only speak about my experience. I sure. can't tell you what other people's were like because absolutely. You know, um, and but yeah, like, but there, when there were workshops, you know, where there was touch involved and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and 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 not necessarily sexual. Uh, and, sure, it was like the whole thing was was just bundled up in this positivity and uh a absolutely explicit consent the whole way through yeah, yeah it was one sure. of the most comfortable and relaxed places uh or, or events that i can think of i'll put it to you this way steve it was actually much more uh relaxing than any of the church camps i remember being <laughs> on as a child <laughs> well that's because and- in part you, all the sexy stuff we cannot even think about talking about. Well, well, no, that's because. Well, let me. Well, mm, well I, I think the problem with the the uh, the church ones when I was younger was the lack of consent more more so than the, <laughs> the lack of sexy times, as uh, royal commissions have found out. Um, but no, let's no, let's not go down that path. But no, it was it was really really cool. It's um, awesome. It was hilarious at times. I can um, imagine. Yeah. Look. Uh, when they hold up the big floppy sex toy and goes, who knows what this is? No, no, actually, there's none of that. None really? of that at all. No. God, no. Well, it's not no. very educational, then. Well, I, it starts, I guess, from the idea that you are going to know what sex is before you sign sure, up to something called Sure, but not everybody knows camp. what the big floppy sex toy is. Well, Or what it's for. Well, uh, I'm just trying to think. I, I'm pretty sure that the only... I'm pretty sure the only ones that where there was anything with hardware was with the uh, the dominatrix and yeah, with was... and with the people who had the ropes. If well, if you got into to bondage and you know dominatrix BDSM stuff, mm. I would have absolutely thought it should have been de rigueur to at least have a sex toys one hundred and one. Well, well, no, because there's no sex toys there if you're beating the snot out of someone, mate. You don't you don't beat someone with a dildo. That's I mean, not at the same the time. I mean. As a separate session, you obviously we've hung around in different circles, mate, and you haven't seen people had you know the the proverbial snotted out of them by big floppy sex toys. Well, no, I haven't actually. God, eh, no, no, I, well, I, I don't, you, I don't know how you use that sort of gear in your your household, Steve. Oh, no, we don't use that gear in our household, Dave. I'm not suggesting it happens in my household. Oh, I'm sorry. not suggesting it happens in the confines of my marriage or <laughs> what, since I've been married. Right. Fair enough. I'm saying but, that it's a thing and I've seen it happen. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't want to know. Now's not the time to talk about your browser history, I was Stephen. No, I was younger and I was unmarried is what the thing was. Uh, and I was at a party and some stuff happened with a, a lady that came to entertain the boys. Yeah, but see, and, and that's... But, and that that is completely outside the scope of the sort oh, of stuff I understand. That we're it's not about... about because... You know, overt sexuality and, and, and those kinds of things. However, um, and, but mm-hmm. I also hold a, a really um, 
like a student interest in the way that people express their sexuality. Um, I think you would have been. I think you would have found. I would a lot loved of this it. stuff really fascinating. Steve. I would have absolutely loved it. There was a really great series on SBS, uh, SBS Viceland this year. It was um, uh, a Vice production. It's called Slut Ever, uh, and it was basically exploring sexuality in you know the new millennia in two thousand and eighteen, what it means to be um, you know sexually active and connected and and engaged and aware and all of that sort of stuff. And it. it it wasn't graphic in the way that it shared anything. It sounds a bit like, you know, the weekend that you're talking about, but it, unlike the weekend you had, it talked about a whole bunch of different experiences and talked to people who were involved in some of those cultures or scenes uh, and, you know, what it meant and those sorts of stuff. And, and like the tying up, the rope tying up stuff, that's art, man. Some of the people that get involved in that do it from a real point of art, let alone the people who get involved to get tied up because they really dig it. Oh yeah. Well, the, 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 the opening um, uh, thing, uh, evening, they um, had a Shibari master um, mm. put on a performance, and it was incredible, Stephen. Um, and he, he, we actually went to one of his workshops, and it was very, very, very cool. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it's uh, it, 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 it's re- re- one of the fun things about something like that, Steve, is. Um, it's really great going and it, like seeing stuff and going, oh yeah, that's really cool. That's really cool. But it's also kind of fun going, yeah, you know that that thing. That's really, not for me. Really, that's not for me. <laughs> <laughs> but those kinds of like understanding your boundaries and being able to communicate it like that—that's really healthy. That's really positive. It is, and the one of the things that we uh, really, like I said, like like the the discussions about consent and and mm-hmm. the way that that was communicated was really really. Uh, really, really great. But a lot of the, my my thinking while I was down there was, you know, like this this is great for for Rach and I. But how do we share some of these lessons with the aforementioned teenagers who mm-hmm. you, you can't even discuss maths homework with? Yep. Um, and how do you embed for them some of these lessons about consent and boundaries and all that sort of stuff? Because yep. You know, like what we call sex education in schools is, is lacking, right? Well, it, it's it's a little bit of biology, and that's it. Like yeah. it, like the, there's, and, and of course, um, any time that uh, there is any move to try to educate kids better, uh, it becomes a massive moral panic. Mm. Uh, and if we teach them about it, they'll go and do it. Yeah, because they're not right now. At all, like no one, no one has ever had sex. The best thing that we can probably do is school. The best thing we can probably do is teach them how to tie knots, and hopefully they'll get all tied up and not know what to do or how to get out of it. <laughs> oh dear, but, uh, yeah, but I know, like it's 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 something I've been thinking, uh, not not just that sort of stuff, but like more broadly around that. Um, I've been reading uh, Clem Ford's new book, "The Boys Will Be oh, Boys." Yeah, excellent. It is really good. Uh, and Clem is is a good writer. I like some of the snark in there. Um, mm. Powerfully told. Uh, what I found interesting uh, from my own perspective is um, I've been reading through it going, uh, like, th- there's been nothing in there that has been a surprise to me or something that I was not aware of or, sure. you know, nothing new. And, and in some ways that, that uh, like, 
that doesn't make me sort of go, oh, well, <laughs> this is a waste of my time. Uh, it yeah. actually is the complete opposite of that. And it goes, ah, that actually makes me feel really good that I obviously, I, I, at least at the point where I have an awareness of these issues to the point that none of this is surprising me, none of this is new. Yeah, yeah. Um, but still trying to figure out how to make that next step and turn those lessons into something real for a teenage boy. Like, you know... And, and like we have discussions about uh, about some of the issues in there, but you know, Steve, there's blokes our age who can't or won't understand the phrase toxic masculinity. It's kind of mm. hard to sort of you know embed that into the thinking of a fourteen year old who doesn't go on Tumblr. I don't know. Look, the the best thing is that you are in a a prime position and doing half of the stuff, most of the stuff that you need to do anyway, right? Because you're the young teenagers, you don't need to be having any kind of explicit necessarily conversations about sexuality and, and some of the different flavors and colors of how that is expressed for some people. There's enough sexuality oh, well, generally in some of them. Hey, exactly. Well, we're past that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, like, that's obviously all, that's all out on the table. Yeah. But we need to be explicit about how babies are made. That's a pretty straightforward part, but I mean, we oh, don't need that... to get into, you know, maybe some of the, mm, I mean, if the questions come, you don't want to show away from them, but oh, we no, don't need to be going it... deep into some things. Uh, well, I guess, I don't know. See, you, I, I, do you remember the book? Where did I come from? Yes. How old do you reckon you were when you read that? Uh, maybe 11. I reckon I read that because I had some cousins a little bit older than me. I reckon I read that when I was around about four. So that's mechanics down pat. Mm-hmm. And none of that was particularly disturbing. Um, and, and and I don't think that, that there's a problem with that. Like I, I think getting the mechanics out of the way early is good so that that means that when the kids do hit teenage years the discussions can be more about the stuff oh yeah it doesn't become that. icky you know i'm all for that absolutely um and you know and and highlighting the the different relationship models that people have and the different attractions and 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 how all of that is just you know at a different place on the spectrum and it might not be where you know these kids are or even where their friends are but someone is and that's fine um, and having those conversations has been pretty good so far. But, oh, like, I don't know. Like, it, it just, it terrifies me, Steve, that uh, how do you, how do you ensure that the values that you hold so precious are shared with your kids in a way that they embed them rather than, you know, just paying lip service or rejecting them outright? Mm. You model them. You absolutely have to show them. So when it comes to appreciating your partner and, and caring for them and loving them, then you do that enthusiastically in a way that is consistent with who you are um, and that they know. And, and and look, there's a lot of talk around this in, in lots of different Christian circles, no question, but um, it is 100% reassuring to kids to see that their parents love each other, care for each other, and that when they fight, it's not always in secret. And that they, when they make up, it's not always in secret. Hmm. There will be times when we disagree. And sometimes that will be in front of the kids and sometimes it won't. The times when we disagree in front of the kids, it's important that they see us resolve that or make up or work out whatever that looks like. Um, so that they can understand that it is a normal part of a human relationship to work that stuff out. And it's not the end of the world. 
Um, around the consent stuff, again, it just has to be modelled in a way that is appropriate um, so that they can see and hear and understand it. And and it's just the consistent um, affirmation and encouragement around even, uh, you know, talking about consent in a non-sexual nature to say this is okay or we understand that this is fine or touching that person like that, that's that's aces. That's great. It might even be, I don't know this person and I need to help them and you need to ask them, is it okay if I help you up and, you know, grab you by the hand, that kind of thing. Building that into our vernacular and our daily lives is how we model to our kids what is appropriate around the way that we touch each other, care for each other, so that then that transmutes into the intimate relationships that they have. Mm. Yeah. Look, and I've got another <clears throat> 35 minutes and 78 slides to show you. <laughs> Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, it's my pet project because I get to deal with teenagers and parents of teenagers. Well, how do we do, all of the worries that you talked about from a Christian point? Of view, oh, if we show them the pits, then they'll know what they're doing with them. Breaking news: they know what they're doing with them. <laughs> what we need to be talking to them before they know what they're doing with them is what happens and why it's appropriate and how it works. Oh, but then they'll no, you totally got this around the wrong way, because the puritanism in, inherent in particularly conservative Christianity means that you can't talk about it and in fact somehow magically in the wedding that they have it's at that point that they are gifted by god to understand how sex works so that then when they get back to wherever they're staying that first night with their partner that everything is magical and wonderful and we all know that is not the truth god no god no so how do we how do we solve that you're right we have to they have to know the the functionality of things they need to understand they need to not be ashamed of their bodies in a um corporate you know family kind of sense um but in that process then learn what's appropriate around you know community nudity within your family um for some it's like it's okay to walk around without clothes on because that's okay for others it's like you know, we wear a towel in the house or whatever, and that's okay. And no one's going to pressure you or give you a hard time about it. Um, it's even more um, challenging, as you would appreciate for teenagers, because along with the hormonal stuff, there's all of the external development that goes on. Hair in places where there wasn't, the development of breasts, all of those sorts of erections that boys can't control. Like, it's it's those kinds of things that can be fed either to embarrass them or fed to encourage them. Hmm. <clears throat> well, Steve... I've got a story to share with you then, and, you, oh, yeah, and, 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 and I'll, I'll, I'll need you to be the arbiter of whether or not this was helpful parenting or unhelpful parenting. All right, I'll dial 9-1, and if it gets dangerous, I'll press the last one. <laughs> so so th- this was just, yeah, came out of... Uh, see, I think that this is just really great trolling, mm. um, but, but, you know, I, I think I need an outsider opinion. So uh, getting everyone getting ready for school and work, um, last week, one morning. You getting ready for work is putting pants on, Dave, and that's optional. <laughs> I have an important job now, Stephen, and I leave the house. Um, <clears throat> so, Rachel and uh, Rupert were having a disagreement um, about some stuff in the kitchen, mm-hmm. uh, which basically came down to uh, Rupert had just dumped some stuff and then couldn't remember he'd left it and all that sort of stuff and was blaming What, a teenager just dumping some stuff? Yeah. And and was blaming Rach for having moved it when she claimed that she hadn't. Uh, and I interjected into this to point out that uh, Rach is a neat freak. Uh-oh. And so, therefore, uh, she would not have uh, just randomly placed something mm-hmm. away. She would have put it where it belonged. So if it sure. wasn't there, 
the fault lay with Rupert. Now, he didn't hear me clearly. And so then he thought that I was coming in on to support him and turned around and mocked his mother to say, ha, see, even dad says that you're a mega freak. And I said, and, and we're both like, what? He what? said, he said, you just said mum's a mega freak. I said, no, no, no. I said, she's a neat freak. Mm-hmm. And then because I couldn't stop myself and because I like embarrassing my children and I like embarrassing my wife, I said, mate, the only place your mother's a mega freak is in the bedroom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which, which pretty much cleared all the colour out of his face. <laughs> Ended the conversation. Very much. So, so he, he went off. Uh, Rachel and I both found that pretty funny. Uh, and then just to double down. Was this before or after sex weekend? Oh, this is before. This, this okay. is just this is this is in the this is like a, the normal part of the house, mate. Um, right. So uh, we uh, have I told you uh, we've got uh, uh, one of the little um, Google Home thingies in the kitchen. No, but that makes sense. Well, yeah. Look, I got I got it. I can't remember how it even showed up here. Probably the NSA sent it or something. Anyway, um, so like. The sound quality out of those isn't great, but it's good enough to have as you know, noise in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. So, so um, I got that to start. You know, playing. there's a JBL version now, don't you? Oh, no, no, just don't, don't go there. Okay. I, I, I don't need more things to potentially spend money on, Stephen. I've, I have a long list already. Um, so anyway, so, so I started playing some music, and I, to again to troll my son, we started playing uh, Super Freak. And dancing yep, right. and dancing around the kitchen, <laughs> which which he was absolutely horrified by, came in, started yelling at the at the Google Home to play the next track, which it did, and then all of its own accord, it decided to play uh, "Freak Out." <laughs> nice. So at that point, not only was his mother and his father. Uh, trolling him. So it was like Spotify and Google combined. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> and he sort of stormed comically out of the house. Now, tell me, Steve, to me that seems like excellent parenting, but I'm kind of biased. Uh, look, I would say to you, Dave, that excellent parenting is setting up a Spotify playlist that only has songs with the word freak in it. But this is the thing, we didn't even set up a playlist. I just asked for the, like, the first song and Spotify said, oh, well... Like here's the common denominator that I'm going to go with. Like that's the, the beauty of it, Steve. I didn't do anything. So you could have gone to Radiohead's freak, and that would have been even better. <laughs> oh yeah. So, but it, I mean, <laughs> um, what sort of values do you think I'm in? <laughs> what sort of modelling do we going to get from that one, Steve? Look, at, at, th- at this point, I think what you're doing is um, absolutely trolling your, your kids in the best way possible. Oh, good, good. Oh, well, oh, I'm glad to know that. That's good. It's pretty crazy, though. I mean, I like it. I like your moxie, kid. Um, the thing is, for any other human being who I didn't have such a great relationship and know, I might actually start questioning what was going on. But given that I know a fair bit about you and a little bit about Rach... That's mm. quality. That is mm. high quality. It was pretty funny. Oh, boy. Uh... See, my kids have no choice but be comfortable in their own skin. Mm-hmm. And we talk about modeling behavior because I regularly, like we have a laundry chute upstairs, yep. but it's the other end of the house to where the ensuite shower is that Michelle and I use. Mm-hmm. So I will regularly get up, 
all of my clothes go down the laundry chute and I walk naked down to the bathroom or if I'm downstairs, clothes go in the, in the, the washing machine straight away and walk upstairs naked. They've seen their dad naked ever. No, no. Ever. We, 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 we've uh, had to come There's through... a lot of their dad to see naked, let me tell you. <laughs> we, we, we've uh, come to an arrangement where... Mm-hmm. Uh, because we don't have an ensuite, so I'm not encouraging them to do that. Just by the way, <laughs> no, just, I can imagine that's just dad. But uh, no, we, we don't have an ensuite, um, so we th- there does have to be a bit of you know navigating around the house in the nude. Mm-hmm. So uh, the compromise that has been reached is that we need to yell loudly before Announce. we leave our bedroom or the bathroom to give them time to shut doors, <laughs> leave hallways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, and that that seems to work out okay. I will say though that all this is a long game that I'm playing. Right? <laughs> I'm comfortable with my nudity, and I'm not going to walk outside the house and those sorts of things. But you bring home a boyfriend or a girlfriend that I don't like. I'm going to have a shower, kids. No, Dad. I think that you're just. I, I think you're just now, you know, joking, Stephen, because I know that you respect the autonomy of both of your children so much. That even if you do completely dislike their chosen partners, you will deal with that in a very, very mature way rather than just mooning them. Their chosen partners will be given every chance to prove that they are worthy of my two incredible children. (laughs) When they prove to me that they are not or can't prove that they are, they're getting my big fat ass as quick as possible. (laughs) Oh, dear. Even if I have to fall out of the wheelchair to give it to them. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, I guess at least there's not... an image to talk about, isn't at, it? At least you're not talking about shotguns or you know. No, I'm not into any of like that, that sort of stuff. I mean, no. that's the other part of it, right? You talk about <clears> how do we encourage, particularly uh, our boys in a, in an age when toxic masculinity is everywhere and so um, subliminally influential. Um, you just have to model to them how to treat your partner, how to mm. treat their mum in this situation. Um, and the best way to do that is absolutely love them and not be violent towards them ever. And not that you would be, but like just in affirming that, that behaviour, how do we make sure that our kids know that it's not okay for violence to take place in the home? Don't have violence in the home. Like it's not rocket surgery. I was going to say, good anti-violence in the home tip there, actually, Steve. Well, you know, I'm full of them. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, it's, um, yeah, so a good weekend. Fun weekend. Very different. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm still amazed that it went down the BDSM and, and bondage path, but didn't go down, like, the Sex Toys 101 path. I, it's, I think that Sex Toys 101 is just, like, too... No, what, passe? I, well, yeah, for... for because, 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 let me tell oh, you, Dave. no, no, because let me tell you, there, there was maybe it also... needs to be the one hundred and two then. Yeah, well, maybe because, because I, I think a lot more of the focus though um, was not on again. That see, that's mechanics. Like there was very, very little. Uh, but it, Dave, there was when little... else will you have a chance to talk about other than at a stupid wellness seminar? The chance to talk about um, Gwyneth Paltrow's stupid vaginal eggs. <laughs> well. Thankfully, and look, I've got to be honest with you, Steve, that certainly was uh, one of my um, lingering concerns that, you know... It would happen at the weekend. It would be a bit of a a, 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 a goop fest. Um, but no, there was, there was no... Oh, actually, 
the I forgot the, to tell you the most important thing, Steve. What? What's that? What, what, keep going. I, I, for for at least you're now the, the proud owner of a Prince Albert. <laughs> no, oh god, no. Um, at, at least for the length of the uh, of the retreat, yes. I got to be a, I got to experience what it's like to be a minority. Really, Dave? I did because I was there eating meat with my meals. <laughs> you would have been served up the special meals. <laughs> well. Yeah, well, no, it's even better than that. It's better than that, right? So, not only were there, because you know how like there's always the, the you know, in, in most of the places that we go to, you know, mm-hmm. a, a meal for a, a vegetarian or a vegan is really just an it's a complete afterthought, right? Yeah. yeah. So here, well, it was the complete inversion of that. Yeah, yeah. All of the meals were vegan, right? Yeah, for sure. And uh, because, um, you know, the caterers were, you know, strictly vegetarian, vegan caterers. Well, they don't know how to cook meat. Well, no, well, no hang on. It's, it gets better than that. They obviously were very, very concerned that there'd be no cross-contamination sure. or anything mm-hmm. like that on any of their cooking surfaces yep. or preparatory equipment or whatever. Yes. So what you had was um, uh, a big, uh, a couple of gazebos where where the caterers were. And then yes. uh, another little one next to them, which is where everything was served up, and you'd walk yep. along, and you'd, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd grab your food, and then if you walked to the other end of a bit this building, <laughs> there was one barbecue down there that would have either some sausages or maybe a rissole on it. Oh God! <laughs> and you just got to add that to your vegan meal. Oh God! <laughs> because yeah, you know, they didn't want any cross contamination. It was vegan del- food tastes like ass, though. No, no, this stuff was delicious. I, really? I, Steve, I was incredibly sceptical. And how much yet, sugar and fat was in it? I don't know. There's plenty. Probably of, heat. There was plenty of chili sauce. I know that much. Steve, yeah. I ate, Steve, I ate tofu. And yeah, I but, like and Thai I, food and I tofu. Liked I liked it. It was good. Yeah, but you have a pad Thai. There's tofu in it. Not much. <laughs> not True, much. Probably not as much as you got. Not in the country. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, so yeah. So so for that brief brief period, Steve, I was a a, a minority. Um, I was one of those, um, you know. Sickos going down there to the barbecue away from the rest of the dining area. Yeah, I can imagine the looks that you would have got. <laughs> no, well, no, I didn't actually because it was a very inclusive and positive place, Stephen. That's Everyone great. Was, eh? it, it, Enthusiastic it was... consent everywhere. There was, and so yeah, that, that was funny. <laughs> but but no, the food was good. I, I was, but yeah, it, it was a bit. I, I I had to laugh at myself for sort of going there. What are you? Like, like, and at first I even was sort of going, "Why is the barbecue so far away?" Oh. Like, it really took a while for it to just all clip together, and it's just like oh, I'm just so not in the mindset of this. Well, the good news is, Dave, that now that you've got this newfound understanding and empathy, you are but seconds away from writing your first book about <laughs> <laughs> what it's like as a middle-aged white man to be known as a, a minority. Mm. Yeah, well. <laughs> Wait, I could go on Sky News and I could sell a squillion copies. Well, actually, I could oh, sell ten. In a heartbeat, one to, one to, to every audience to, member. You'd have to talk to Daisy Cousins or something. Um, oh, God, not that I don't advocate talking to Daisy Cousins, just not about politics. I don't. Uh, I'm yeah. sure Andrew Bolt's quite the bon vivant, but I don't want to ask him what he thinks about the government. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. So, 
So that was good. What else? What, what were some other highlights from the weekend? I just want to throw in while you were talking about that, I was excited, disappointed in part, but excited to learn that one of my very favourite um, Twitter people and, and writers, Nadine von Cohen, um, signed a non-disclosure to go and be a journalist at a wellness thing uh, and got kicked out for asking the wrong questions. <laughs> I cannot wait to read her article for oh, this. Oh, wow. And and because of the non-disclosure that she signed, she said, I cannot even tell you the worst of the stuff that I saw. Oh, unbelievable. Oh, it's diabolical. These people that are peddling in what is basically the newfound uh, means to extract cash from people by just laying into their weakest fears, yeah. uh, deepest fears and weakest moments is diabolical. And, and, and like I said, I, I, I was, that, that, that was my last sort of real worry around this. Um, it's places like that that raise anti-vaxxers. And I yes, would, look, exactly. I don't, I'm not a violent man, Dave. They are people that I would punch like Nazis. Yep. And, and yet, uh, and, and they, well, there was no hint of any of that sort of crap at this one. And like, um, I'd asked around some people um, who had gone to different tantra workshops, and mm. and so I, I'd actually heard like grapevine good reports of this thing before we good. like signed up for the the tickets, yeah. Uh, and it, yeah, and, and and it turned out to be to be good. But um, the the one of the other very interesting things there was just absolutely the variety of people, Steve. Like you um, could not. Um, like pick a stereotypical attendee because they just didn't exist. That's great. Like, you know... Um, How many bodies? Uh, sorry? Um, How many people there? About, uh, only about 200. So it was actually capped. Holy shit. Yeah. That's a lot more than I was expecting. So it, it, it was... It was actually might have been 180. Anyway, so it was, it, like, it was <laughs> capped around that um, so that there wouldn't be too many people in each of the workshops. That's enough but, people that... Oh, no, I can't say what I was about to say anyway. <laughs> So, because they, so they ran like twelve workshops a day, yeah. Um, uh, in like uh, four streams, mm. so there was always something sort of interesting to go and, and see and talk to. But yeah, but it... beginners not tying, advanced not tying, <clears throat> getting well, out of knots. Well, see, here's the interesting thing, Steve. It's actually not about the knots. It's about the rigor and the person being tied up. And what they're doing with the rope in between the knots, Steve. Absolutely, Dave. It's actually very, very mental. It's all about that connection. I've got a friend and who's it, very into this. I've had a conversation with her about it. So, yeah, uh, it was uh, really, really interesting seeing someone who's like an expert at it doing it. And it's just like, ah, oh, like the, the, the most interesting thing is seeing how far away from reality our sort of uh mainstream <laughs> perception is on some of this stuff because sure like the like the number of filters and, and things that go through and usually at poking fun of it and and to be fair some of it is very funny oh um, yeah but at the some same, people take it way too seriously but at the, at the same time that gives you a very very distorted view of some of this stuff some of some of which is really cool some of which as i said some some stuff just not for me but <laughs> there was no discussion of horse or puppy play no, although there was a seminar uh, where you, the idea was to tap into uh, more like a, a primal mindset, but I didn't go to that oh, one. Oh, that is like, yeah, that's pre-Horse Puppy 101. 
Like, seriously, you say that, and then I still come back to why was there not a 101 or even a 102 on what the big floppy dildo is? Because it's... Because it's, because you're talking mechanics, Stephen. You're not talking... It, it was so much... Finding more. your primal being is just about unleashing... I'm a unicorn now, and I have to get leather things and put them over my feet, hands nah, and feet, like hooves. Nah. And... nah, not like that at all. Steve, Steve, because it's the thing. It's all about the energy, Stephen. The okay, energy. Don't. Don't. <laughs> if you so, start talking about chakras, this is over. No, that... Uh, oh, no, they do have chakras in Tantra. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Oh, look. <laughs> Listen. I, I sit here and very supportively let, let you talk about, you know, Jesus. I think it's only fair that you put up with my bullshit. <laughs> Dave, I'm very into it for you. I'm just amazed. I'm amazed that there are some things that on my agenda are missing. Not because I necessarily want to know about it, but from everything else that you've told me, they seem like the glaring omissions. But but, see, that's the thing. I think think that you're... Particularly for 180 people. This is the thing. I think that you're... The the direction that, that you've... Like the picture that you've painted in your mind, and this is probably partly my fault for... Um, Calling it sex camp. Well, I, well, well, it is. That's what they call it. <laughs> uh, like, one of one of the things you could get uh, when you book it, like if you booked returning tickets, is you could either get a um, hang on returning tickets, come back to another one. Yeah. Um, oh, the plot thickens. So you could either get a t-shirt which has their logo, which is a very pretty little sort of um, multi like rainbow colored heart. Um, yes. Or you could get a tote bag, and the tote bag's got in big letters on it, just, I love sex camp. And mm-hmm. I didn't know that that would go so well at the local Aldi uh, in all Oh, three. no, Dave, it would have done the best things at Aldi. <laughs> the best things. So, anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, but now the, the yeah, it was more so much more about the interpersonal than Absolutely. the... Then, the, so that's why you don't need what what is the big flippy, floppy toy one hundred and one because that's got not much to do with it. Although that said, there were there were some um, uh, some. I oh, know there were. I was going to say hands on workshops, but that's not correct. <laughs> <laughs> there were some. Uh, there, there were some more specific workshops, but we didn't end up in those because they were clashing with other things we wanted to what, go like to, like breathing orgasms and stuff. No, they were, uh, no, that's that's more tantra. They didn't actually have a tantra person on the bill specifically, but like that, they, they had communication workshops and they had yep. all sorts of stuff. It was good fun, Steve. That's how they suck you in, Dave. <laughs> oh, I did. I didn't need much sucking, to be honest. Yep. <laughs> Gosh, should we leave it there? Probably. <laughs> I do want to say, David, I'm I'm very enthusiastic for you. It sounds like you had a great time, you and Rachel, and it's awesome that you guys want to invest in your relationship like this and that you both come away so pumped uh, about each other. <laughs> sorry. Dave, that was, that was, I'm being serious. Sorry, I realise that as you... I realise that I've just turned into Michael Veach on Fast Forward there. This is why you and mm. I could not go to the same sex camp. <laughs> yes, we could. Actually, well, this is the other thing. Like, b- before... Like, on the way down there, we, we sort of said, you know... Uh, how would how do you think you'd react if um, you knew someone there? And of course, you, again, you just don't know. But having now been there and seen what it's actually like, you'd be like, mm. that would be fine. That would be great. And it would be more a case of going, yay you, I hope you have a fun time. Until because... you go to the second one and that's where they actually unleash the other advanced courses. <laughs> no, 
so this is the, this is apparently their seventh year of running it. They'd have a different program each year. So, you know, it's not... Uh, it's good. I'll be very interested to see what's, what comes up next year. Cool. <laughs> can you hear any of that in the background, just by I, the way? I can. What are you doing? Are you, have you, no, our neighbours. I was going to say, are, are your neighbours a mariachi band or something? No, I think they're Hare Krishnas. So they're busting out the little Tom Tommy deals and the... I don't think it's a violin, but it's something. All right. Well, you should go investigate. Maybe, Steve, maybe they're having their own celebration over there that you could, you could be a part of. Maybe you could take take your uh, your 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 comfortably naked self over to that that music and just dance yourself. I don't silly. know, Dave. My nudity is inside my house now. Oh, okay. Fair it, enough. It stops definitely, and it doesn't go near open doorways to the external part of the house. What about the windows? You know, they reasonably speaking, as long as because I'm a bloke, right? As long as the windows and all of the windows in our place, except for downstairs, which are floor, like you know sliding door things, um, but they all open up onto our backyard and no one can see into it. Um, but windows, you know, my junk's below the windowsill, so we're oh, safe. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, I think it's time to go. <laughs> <laughs> Feeling very uncomfortable about how we sign off now, Dave. <laughs> Oh, Stephen, if only I could give you a hug and it could just unleash some of that... It would make me feel all better if you did, let me tell you. And unleash some of that energy from your third eye that I know Mm. is just desperate to get out and, you know, help you heal. I've got something (laughs) desperate to come out of my third eye. (laughs) It's getting ugly. It's getting ugly. Oh, I love you, Steve Mogg. I sex camp you too, Dave. (laughs) Bye. Bye, mate.